Today we are continuing uh, our new series that we started last week together called All Change. January is a time and a season of New Year's resolutions, a time where we reflect about where we've been and where we might like to go and apparently this week is the week where all the New Year's resolutions go out the window and everyone's given up realising it's all too much like hard work. Um, but January is a time where people are often hungry to see change in our lives. It might be that this year you've decided you want to get a bit fitter and healthier, so you've joined a gym or started to do some more exercise uh, more regularly. Maybe this year you've decided you'd like to go on a new job or, uh, or get a promotion, so you're working towards that aim, or exploring some other exciting new venture that is on your mind at this point of year. January is a time of new beginnings, but there is no greater new beginning than encountering Jesus. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be working our way through just two chapters of Luke's gospel, verse by verse. And as we look at Luke 5, um, we're going to be particularly looking at the way that Jesus transforms the lives of those who encounter him as they put their faith in him and as they then follow him. Jesus invites us all to live our best life with him. He invites us to come to him, to know him, to experience the difference that he can make in our lives. And as we accept his invitation to come and follow him, we see that encountering Jesus changes everything, just as we'll hear in a few moments' time. So last week, Julia started us off in this series as we looked at how Jesus called his first disciples to come and follow him, and he gave them a new purpose uh, to live for as he called them to be his followers. And today we're picking up where we left off as we read Luke 5, um, starting at verse 12 and going through to verse 16 together. But before we go any further, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that through your word, you speak to our hearts, to our minds and direct our lives as we follow you today. And so Lord, as we gather, may this not just be a time of sitting and listening, but may it be a time of encounter, a time where we encounter you and uh, your goodness and your faithfulness and uh, an encounter that leaves us full of praise of who you are, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you've got your Bibles and want to turn to Luke chapter 5, like I say, we're going to be looking at verses 12 to 16. And if you've not got your Bibles, the words will be on the screen as well, so you can follow along. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. But Jesus often withdrew 
to lonely places and prayed. Sometimes what we do can be more powerful than what we say. When someone comes to us and they're upset, it can be very tempting to sit them down, to listen to what the problem is, to tell them everything's going to be okay, and then do what you can to try and fix the problem. And sometimes that's a good and a nice thing to do. But equally, when someone is upset, sometimes the more powerful thing to do is just to sit there, to listen to them, to hear their pain, to maybe give them a big hug if you're a hugger or place a gentle arm on the shoulder just to let them know that you are there with them in their moment of pain. In moments such as these, there is something powerful about the intimacy of just a simple touch. It's recognised that the power of a physical touch is deeply ingrained within our biological makeup. A physical touch can release oxytocin that helps us form and develop our relationships. It can reduce stress. It communicates that we're cared for and that we are supported. And today we heard the story of how just one touch from Jesus transformed a man's life in a way that he could have never imagined. And as we look at this passage together this morning, we're going to think and look about how just one touch from Jesus can also change everything in our lives today as well. The passage um, starts with a man who was covered with leprosy. Now let's be clear about what leprosy is in case you're not familiar with it. This isn't the sort of thing that you just rocked off to the, den or to the doctor, got a little bit of lotion, he sent you on your way and all would be okay. Lepers throughout the Bible were not only physically unwell, but they were socially condemned and socially isolated. They were condemned because it was assumed that in order to get a disease as horrific as leprosy, you, either you had done something wrong and were therefore being punished for it, or one of your ancestors, one of your family members has done something wrong, and as a result, you are being punished for their mistakes. As a result, not only were lepers seen as physically unclean, but there was a perception that they were spiritually unclean, that they were sinners before God. And as a result of this, they were isolated, cut off from society. No leper was allowed near their friends or their family. They often weren't even allowed to come into the town. They were totally ostracised. Because of this, the man that Jesus encounters in verse 12 would have been totally desperate for change. Not only was he covered in this horrible uh, skin condition, but he'd been isolated and cut off. Not only would he have been isolated and cut off, but people would have assumed that he was an ungodly sinner. And not only were, 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 if that wasn't bad enough, he would have been destitute, hungry, a man with no hope and no future for him. There's no benefits, he couldn't get any work, he'd have had no money, no food, no hope at all. This man was desperate for change. And as he sees Jesus, he cries out to him for help. Most of us probably can't fully understand just how desperate this man was for help. How desperate he must have been to see something change in his life. Because let's be honest, 
None of us have probably been in that situation where we've had literally nothing to hold on to. There was nothing that he could do. He had literally hit rock bottom. His future was bleak. He was helpless and he was desperate for change. Whilst we might not be able to fully understand how he must have felt in this passage, we can take comfort from it all the same. Because if Jesus can change this man's life, the life of a desperate leper can change, then the situations that we're facing today can certainly change as well. If you're desperate for change this morning, whether it's a medical issue or a social issue, even a spiritual issue, Jesus can bring the change that you need and long for. No matter how hopeless the situation might feel, there is always hope. All you need to do is to call out to Jesus, to invite him in, and for invite him to be the change that you long to see. And that's exactly what the man does in this passage. But notice how he invites Jesus into his life. Remember, we're reading the opening passages of Luke's gospel here. So this is the start of Jesus' life and ministry. He's been healing people. He's started his, his public ministry. And word is starting to spread about this guy who's doing great and wonderful things. But it's all still new. Still all a little uncertain. Jesus has been doing remarkable things, certainly, but can the stories really and truly be believed? First, the leper comes to Jesus and he falls with his face to the ground. He humbles himself and he declares that Jesus is Lord. This is not just a case of a distressed man desperately reaching out for any last glimmer of hope. Rather, he makes a confession of faith. He believes that Jesus is Lord, the Son of God, the one that God had promised would come with power and authority to change all things. But not only does he declare that Jesus is Lord, he also humbles himself. Let me just say this. Wouldn't it be great if we see some more of that in our churches? Not just declaring who God is, but also humbling ourselves to who he is. This is a man who knows the awe and the reverence of Jesus. Whilst others might still be working out whether they can trust the stories that they've heard about this guy is lying down, face down in the muck in front of Jesus, humbling himself before him. Over the last few weeks and months as a church, we've talked a lot about what faith is and how we can grow in our faith and train up our faith. But faith can be seen in the posture that we take as much as the words that we say. Just take a moment to, to, to consider that. Faith can be seen in the posture that we take as much as what we say. This man not only said that he believed that Jesus could make him clean, but he showed it in how he approached Jesus. He humbled himself. He asked that Jesus would bring about the change that he longed to see. We might want to see Jesus change our lives, to change our world, to change whatever it is that's on our hearts. 
But are we not only willing to declare that Jesus is Lord and can therefore do it, but are we willing to humble ourselves that we might see that change that we are longing and waiting to see? If you're desperate for change, will you take up a posture of humility that you might encounter Jesus and he might work through you? One of our trustees recently sent an email to me joking how he thought that being a trustee in our church was going to be a wonderful, glamorous position, uh, a prestigious role where everyone would look at him with favour as he walked into a room. Whereas the reality is that you get dragged into all sorts of unglamorous stuff that makes all that happens here within the church possible instead. And he's right. Being a leader, being a follower of Jesus is about humility. Being a leader in the church is not about a position or a status. It's about humbly serving. And in our church meeting later this month, as John mentioned earlier, we're going to be talking about how we need people to come and humbly serve within our church family. If God is to move through our church, we need people who are willing to humble themselves, who are willing to be used by God, that our faith, that the change that Jesus wants to reveal might be revealed. You might want Jesus to change your life, to change our church, to change our community, to change our world. But are you willing to humbly put your faith in him first? As this man lay before Jesus, Jesus takes over and does something that would have shocked everyone who saw it. To be a leper meant that you were untouchable. And people were scared that you might to go near you. They were scared that you might be contagious and that you too might then catch this horrific disease. So people protected themselves. And because this man was considered to be spiritually unclean, to touch him would have also impacted your own spiritual cleanliness, which would have impacted your own relationship with God, your own ability to go to the temple and to worship with those around you. But Jesus doesn't just tell this man that he wants to make him better. That he, doesn't want, he doesn't just say, oh, it's all right, I'll go over there and help sort this out for you. Instead, he physically draws near and he touches him. And as he does so, immediately the leprosy leaves him. This is a deeply symbolic moment. This this man was untouchable, is now once again touchable. In reaching out his hand, Jesus made himself ceremonially unclean. He associated himself with the sin and the shame of this individual He stepped down from his position as the son of God and made himself vulnerable to the same condition that this man was battling and that had destroyed his life. And this is why it's so symbolic, because right from the start of Jesus's ministry, we start to see a picture of why Jesus came into the world at all. Throughout this passage, there is imagery that mirrors what Jesus ultimately went on to fulfill at the cross. Jesus stepping down into our brokenness. The fullness of God in a frail human body, facing his mortality as he hung on a cross. And as he did so, 
Jesus took our sin, our shame on his own shoulders that we might be set free from it and he would take the burden instead. This morning, if you are desperate for change, can I encourage you that no matter how desperate you might feel, no matter how broken life might appear, Jesus doesn't just offer to change your life. He offers to come and meet you in the midst of all that you are facing. He doesn't just try to help you from a distance. He doesn't try and protect himself first. Instead, he draws near. He associates with you where you are at. And he touches your life, even when no one else would want to. As Jesus reaches out and touches this man, he who was isolated now has someone who is with him. He who was alone now has a friend. He who was sick has been made well, and he who had no hope and no future can see his life restored and a future to look forward to. This is what Jesus can do, and he still wants to touch our lives today, just as he did this leper in this passage. The question is, will we call out to him? Will we invite him in to bring the change that we long to see? Will you invite him to touch and transform your life? As Jesus touched this, uh, touched this man's life, his life was totally changed. First, he was reintegrated into society. Did you know that God created us to be in community? The good news we find in Jesus is not only that he restores our relationship with God, but he also restores our relationships with those around us. We may have been made it through the COVID pandemic uh, relatively unscathed, uh, but we are still very much in the middle of a pandemic of loneliness in our world. These are complex and deep issues, and I don't want to overly spiritualize it for that reason. But if you are feeling lonely, have you thought about inviting Jesus into your life? This leper was totally alone, totally cut off. And because of Jesus, he was able to reintegrate into society, to make friends, to connect with family again. And Jesus can do the same for you today as well. As well as being able to reintegrate, this leper was then obedient to what Jesus had commanded. We don't have time to look at verse 14 in detail, but, if it, was, uh, but it was standard practice for a man who'd been healed uh, to go to the priest and present themselves as a way of being able to reintegrate back into society and into the world. So what we hear about in verse 14 wasn't necessarily anything out of the ordinary that Jesus was inviting this man to go and do. But the key thing is that he went and did what Jesus asked him to do. When we encounter the transformation of Jesus and the power of his touch, obedience is the appropriate response. This might mean being obedient by doing things that we would expect to do, like going to the temple, to, to speak to the priest, and going through the formal wheels of motions. But it might also be doing, uh, mean that we do things that you wouldn't expect, like not telling anyone about what Jesus had done. Why wouldn't he tell Jesus 
Well, because Jesus had told him not to. The most important thing in this verse and in this part is that we are obedient to what Jesus commands us to do. And as this uh, leper is obedient, he worships and gives himself back to God. Jesus transforms this man's life. And the man, he, he had no future to look forward to. But, the, but that future was only possible because of what Jesus had done for him. So the leper worshipped Jesus and obeyed his command. He went to the temple, he shared his story, he made his sacrifices uh, all out of worship for what Jesus had done for him. Well, we might be desperate to see Jesus change our lives today, but let me ask you this question. If Jesus did all that you longed for him to do, how would you respond in return? What would you give? What would you do? Not because you have to, but out of a sense of gratitude for the change that he has made in your life. If you're a member of our church, Jesus has already transformed your life. That's what being a Christian is all about. So what are you going to do to respond? What are you willing to sacrifice for him in return? What are you willing to give back to him who gave everything for you? How can you respond with gratitude in your worship just like this leper responds for the way that Jesus transformed his life? Whilst Jesus told the leper not to share with anyone what had happened, uh, clearly word had got around. So this leper might have not said a word about Jesus, we don't know. But all of a sudden, this guy who was totally ostracised and cut off from society starts strutting around the town like nothing's ever happened before. And needless to say, people start to talk. How could this leper, a condition you never got better from, suddenly get better and reintegrate, reintegrate into society? Oh, he was chatting to that bloke, Jesus. Obviously, words started to get around. And all that happened was the leper lived his life in the light of the change that God had brought about for him. All this man had done was live out his transformed life and news spread about Jesus. And because of what Jesus had done, more and more people came to have their lives transformed by Jesus too. If you're a Christian here today, if you're joining us online and Jesus has entered into and changed your life, your testimony, your story, the way you live your life has the power to change lives. Throughout this room, there are stories of people who were desperate for change and then they met Jesus. Their story and your story has the power, has power because you are a living and walking example of what can happen when Jesus changes lives. So I wonder, how has Jesus touched your life? How have you experienced his love and his compassion? Where in your brokenness has he given you new hope to hold on to? How have you felt the loving touch 
of Jesus. If you're with us this morning, whether online or in person, and you are desperate for change, desperate for hope, desperate for a brighter future, Jesus can and still will touch and change your life today. You can have hope, even in the midst of the hopelessness. The question is, will you call out and invite him in to be that difference that you long to see? Let's pray together. Lord God, this morning, I'm conscious of those who are desperate for change. In one form or another, who are longing for more, crying out for help, and desperate to see their circumstances and their life transformed. And Lord, this morning, not only do we pray that they might know that you are there ready and willing to help, but Lord, as they call out to you, we pray that they too would know your loving touch in those areas of their lives where they are desperate for change. And Lord, as we today put our faith in you, would you help us to not only declare what we believe, but also to be willing to humble ourselves before you. that we might see the change that you want to reveal within us and throughout our lives. We thank you and praise you for the way that you have already touched and transformed our lives. Lord, may, you, may we continue to share our story. May we continue to worship you and offer our lives as a sacrifice for all that you have done for each one of us. As we started our service this morning with those words of the psalmist, Lord, may we never cease to praise the Lord, my God, uh, the Lord, may, my, my soul, all my inmost being, may we praise the Lord. Lord, may this be true throughout our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>